0: Founded in 1682 by William Penn, Europeans first settled in Pennsylvania in 1637, although several tribes of indigenous people occupied the land for centuries before this. Pivotal in the French and Indian Wars, the Seven Years' War, the American Revolution, and the United States Civil War, it is no surprise that with such a rich history, our state has developed a culture that is distinctive and multifaceted full of legends and real life heroes who risked everything for their beliefs, today, Pennsylvania retains strong elements of folk culture developed by a combination of ideologies practiced by the varied ethnicities of original settlers, Native Americans, and shared experiences. Legends and lore passed down over centuries reveal philosophies that are as superstitious as they are religious and even scientific resulting in a microculture found nowhere else. You are listening to Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore, where we believe that behind every great story, there is a nugget of truth. In each episode, your hosts, Ethan and Holly, will attempt to uncover that truth and preserve a part of our incredible Pennsylvanian lifestyle. Hey everybody and
1: welcome back to Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore. I'm Holly and with me today we have- Ethan. He's back. So he wasn't here for our October podcast, but we're back rocking and rolling. But this episode was supposed to come out in November, so we do apologize to all of our listeners, but this winter has kind of hit us hard with some sicknesses and illnesses all around. So every time we would go to record, somebody was struck down with with something. So we're back and we're here. And today we are approaching the holiday season. So we are talking about a relative of St. Nick, sort of, a little bit, called Belschnickel. Now to start off, I would, if any of you listening, have been listening for a while, Ethan and I sometimes throw in some little tidbits from our favorite show that we've watched numerous times through called the office and if you've seen the episode of the office where dwight comes in dressed as Belschnickel, we're gonna go through and see if he was close to being accurate with the descriptions we'll see how their their writers fared with the accuracy of it
2: that's one of my favorite episodes
1: it's it's hilarious it's very funny. not that anything else in their show isn't hilarious but yeah
2: yeah if you have the time you should watch it it's it's good fun
1: that's our little plug for that. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see what the what the similarities are with Belschnickel versus Santa Claus, who Belschnickel is, where it came from, and all that fun stuff that we usually do. We'll do our, our deep dive and hopefully you guys will learn something that you didn't know before.
2: Let's get into it.
1: So first off, who is Belschnickel?
2: Well, there are, there are many versions of Belschnickel. All the traditions are interwoven. The Belschnickel was one of several companions of Saint Nicholas, a character who was originated in the Rhine, which included Germany, France, and Switzerland. When individuals from this region immigrated to Pennsylvania, they brought their German traditions with them. The Belschnickel was one of the traditional Pennsylvania German gift bringers when Christmas celebrations were very simple and non-commercial. He was considered a scout for St. Nicholas or Santa.
1: So the character, it was a prototype of, or like a forerunner to the much kinder, gentler Santa Claus that we have all grown to love and know. So Belshmickle had more of a mean streak. He was a darker Santa, but his job was to remind all the children that they still had some time left before Christmas before St. Nicholas would come and arrive during the Christmas season. Traditionally, what would happen is a neighbor or a relative would dress up like Belschnickel, and so they would, you know, the, the children wouldn't know who was coming, kind of like what we do nowadays when friends and family dress, dress up as Santa Claus for the kids. So they would dress up, the kids would like his arrival, but also maybe be a little terrified of his arrival. So the job of Belschnickel would be to punish the bad children for their misdeeds and then they would reward the good children. So it was supposed to be fun, but it's also a little a little scary because the way that we see St. Nicholas or Santa Claus now, he's this jolly, happy man in this nice big red suit, but Belschnickel didn't quite have that appearance which we'll get into but it's a it's a crafty sneaky and a little bit naughty part of the the central PA's Christmas folklore so as I as I just mentioned Belschnickel did look quite a bit different than Santa Claus so there are a a couple different versions of what Belschnickel is supposedly looked like but most commonly he's dressed in tattered and dirty clothes topped with a cloak of assorted furs which Another office plug here, is what Dwight kind of looked like when he came in.
2: Yeah, Dwight looks like he stepped right out of, uh, I don't know, uh, The Revenant.
1: <laughs> so, Belchnickel is typically shown as a thin, <coughs> lanky person. Sometimes the Belschnickel is adorned with foliage and wears deer antlers on his hedge, head, which is um, framed by long, tangled hair and a straggly beard. His costume is commonly black in color, which reflects his grim character. His face is often black with charcoal or he wears a scary mask. He holds a sack with candy and nuts and he also carries a whip. So-
2: Figured it out. Based off of that description, Bell Schniffel probably was real and got shot during Pennsylvania hunting season because he basically sounds like he looks like a deer.
1: He does kind of look like a deer. I mean, he's-
2: maybe Maybe that's where the term don't wear brown when you go hunting came from.
1: I don't know, but I don't know being a kid, somebody showing up with a, a whip <laughs> no, might terrify you. I mean, maybe we need to bring it back. Instead of doing Elf on the Shelf, we'll just bring back Belschnickel and scare Good. our children in one, fail, one, one shot instead of having to move an elf every day for your kids. Well,
3: just a little bit
1: on that, because as I was researching this, I was
3: seeing the similarities between the idea behind Belshazzar and Elf on the Shelf, yeah, because basically Belschnickel is this—he was the original one that was sees you when you're sleeping, goes mm-hmm. when you're awake, yeah, checks off the list who's good, who's bad, and mm-hmm. then basically comes into your house and whips you right. If you're bad, right? So he was the original Elf on the Shelf. Just a little, you know, not so cute. A little scary, yeah. <laughs> not so cute. You don't,
1: you don't do fun little setups with them every night, and but I mean, scare your kids straight. Why not?
2: Yeah, I want to know when he was phased out. When did we stop talking about him?
1: Uh, well, I think in like German, I don't know if they still. I just
2: mean here.
1: Typically, I mean here, nineteen
2: thirty-nine.
1: You get to that.
2: No. We get hold, to that, I'm sorry. Hold
1: please, hold please. <laughs> so like we said, Belchnickle was around to teach the, the kids to be good and have punishments for the naughty ones, which is probably why we can't use it anymore because punishing kids nowadays is a little taboo. Well,
2: it depends on who you talk to, yes.
1: Well, I don't think some a neighbor or family member coming in with a whip into your home <laughs> is probably acceptable no. anymore. <laughs> No. So, yes. So he came before Christmas, though. So he came in in the weeks or so leading up to Christmas to kind of forewarn the children, you know, there's still time for you to turn this around before Santa comes. So he kind of gives them that heads up as to whether or not they've been naughty, nice, admirable, or
2: ambitious.
1: <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. There's, there's so much office here for me that I just can't.
2: I haven't seen the episode in a little while, so I'm I'm lacking on my quotes. Okay, so so one one more final
1: quote, and then hopefully I'll leave it. So, when (laughs) Dwight would come up to you, he would say, Cheer or fear, Belschnickel is here to judge your year. And then he would say if you were impish or admirable.
2: I do remember that, and I do remember he had the little whip. He did.
1: -hmm. He did. So if you were bad, you would get whipped. But if you were good, you would get a little
2: Maybe we should do that here. Well there we go. Have
1: a
3: jolly agency. I would pay money to watch you try to whip
2: <laughs> <the laughs> secret. <sell-seeker>.
1: Sorry. <laughs> it might it might get some people's butts in gear though. Mm-hmm. And then we could say, hey, this is the, to determine whether or not you can have a bonus at the end of the year. We were talking about how to incentivize people. Here we go.
3: Perfect.
2: Yeah. Come in, whip them. <laughs>
3: Sally agency, it's the best place to learn. Oh, right. And you get yeah. whipped
1: if you're not. We you don't
2: have anything, a lost foot on our hands <laughs> or anything. anything. Great idea, but you hit an employee with a whip, you're fired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll still bring you in to do the podcast. Don't worry. So how does Belschnickel appear to the children? So it's not typical Santa coming down the chimney. How does he approach these these children as he comes into the home? So he's supposed to be seen, unlike yes. Santa.
2: Yes. So Belshnickel is basically the Grinch. He's loud, obnoxious, mm-hmm. lets everybody know he's coming. And
1: and kind of creepy.
2: Like he comes so up,
1: he'll rap on the windows, loudly jingle bells, and he hurls accusations at the, the naughty kids. So it's kind of like a thing of your nightmares where somebody's outside huh? your window, just tap, tap, tap. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in your house. No big deal. Breaking and entering, okay on Christmas. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're throwing in some Olaf for those of you who Sorry. don't know that part. <laughs> I have a seven year old and a five year old, that's all we want.
2: Maybe maybe we right? stopped celebrating him because too many neighbors were injured in the-
1: Again, nowadays things are different. You could yeah. get away with stuff like this back in the day, but you know, now you're just running into problems.
2: Yep. So after he rapped on the windows, he would then suddenly burst through the doors. He'd rush into the house, instantly menacing the children with, the, with a gravel voice, jerky movements, and prying questions. One by one, Belschnickel will call the children in the house forward and ask them to recite a poem, a Bible verse, or a math question. He will warn them to behave. He quizzes the children on their relative naughtiness or niceness. Have they been nice towards their brothers and sisters? Have they done their chores without complaint? Have they been respectful of their elders? Have they cleaned their rooms? And what was something they did that was nice? Wow, we should really use this at home.
1: (laughs) Just start quizzing our children?
2: Yes. He then tosses coal and sticks at toddlers to admonish them that nothing in life is free or easy. The children who can't attest to their niceness receive a swat or two with a switch that Belschnickel carries. Well, that's fun. (laughs) Those who are confident in recounting their good acts will receive some treats from the bag the Belschnickel clutches. Those treats generally include small crackers, candies, and nuts.
1: So once he, he tosses those goodies on the floor, the children still have to be aware because some children who forget their manners and greedily dive for the candies and nuts may still get the switch. And since this was a time when presents were given sparingly, he was welcomed with excitement, so the kids were excited to see him, but it was still up in the air whether they've been good or bad, so who knows what they were in for. So even more of a reason for us to stop giving our kids stuff and wait, and then maybe they'll behave more.
2: (laughs) Great idea that didn't stand the test of time, apparently.
1: Yeah. Now we're going to dive into where the name Belschnickel actually came from. And Researcher Meg is going to help us out here. I may not get these right either. But since the 1800s, the Belschnickel
3: has gone, which is also like in Germany, it would be Der Belschnickel, has gone by different names. So there's Belschnickel, Belschnickel, Pelsnickel, Chris which should sound familiar and Nickel with Ooh. a Z, Nickel.
1: My goodness.
3: And there's more. So he they're is, all very
1: similar though. Yeah. So you can get where it's it's coming from. So the Belznickel, it it comes from the German words bells, which translates into fur and nickel, which refers to St. Nicholas. So, so that makes sense with what he was wearing mm-hmm. and his association with St. Nick. And although many have assumed that the name is a reference to St. Nicholas, others have um, said that it was equally an expression of Der Alt Nick or Old Nick, which is a nickname for the devil.
3: <laughs> Hence the horns, the scary outfit and all that. A lot of people thought that he came from a combination of the gift-giving St. Nicholas that came in with like the Christian movement of Christianity into greater European countries and Krampus Mm-hmm. Which I think everybody probably has heard about, which is a half, it's a half goat, half demon, horned, scary monster thing that is part of German folklore, mm-hmm. um, in in line with the winter solstice, um, and Krampus punishes children who have misbehaved.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So they think Belz was this
1: merging, merging, of, merging the two. of the
3: two in the culture.
1: So, what is the history and origin of Belschnickel? Belschnickel was a popular Christmas character, which developed around the Middle Ages in the European countries. Germany was known to have both happy and grim gift givers, and Belschnickel was a grim one. He did also give some nice gifts, so I, I think you can you can argue that he was scary, but if you were good, you're fine.
2: Yeah, just don't do anything wrong, and...
1: Yeah, you're good to go. Life is good. So he was not only feared, but also got children to behave nicely throughout the year so they could receive gifts during Christmas. Um, He was the first character in the history of Christmas characters who clearly distinguished between good children and bad children. The Belshnickel reigned supreme in the holiday festivities of the Dutch country long before the development of the modern persona of Santa Claus. But it's tough to clearly define the tradition of Belschnickel. It often took on different meanings in different small Pennsylvania German communities. Belschnickel was considered more of a Robin Hood type of character during Christmas and had an eerie superhero but bad guy quality to him. And it said that children would either love him or they would absolutely fear him. Again, based off of how their own behavior was. So it's on them if they loved him or hate him.
2: Yeah, he was nice to the. Yeah. Nice children. Exactly. And just extra bean. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: Whip you if you're a bad (laughs) child.
1: The Belschnickels of the past weren't always lighthearted. They had varying degrees of how terrifying they were. Some of the old school Belschnickels of the 1800s, they would smack or whip the naughty children. Like again, we said that probably probably wouldn't be able to get away with that nowadays. Uh, But some versions of the traditional, um, they kind of intersected with trick-or-treating. So the tradition of Belschnigel was brought to America by German immigrants and was soon adopted by the settlers. They were like, hey, this is working. This is how we get our kids to listen. (laughs) Let's do this. So then the tradition spread to villages where often groups of young people wearing masks went from house to house playing instruments and singing, and then they expected treats and coins in in return, which was called Belschnigeling. So kind of like... That's where we get our the trick or treating kind of aspect of it. Hmm. Some people in our area remember their parents and grandparents referring to Halloween or trick or treaters as bell schnicklers. Bell schnicklers. Isn't that a weird word? Bell schnicklers. It is. Wondering. It's like they have took the, the word Belschnickel and like made it all form. It's like it's uh-huh. a noun, it's a verb. It's uh-huh. it's all it's everything. Have you heard a German word that isn't kind of weird? <laughs> that's true. That's true. They just ask. throw a whole bunch of letters in there and you're like, "That's the word for this?" I have come across
3: them that I'm like, Yeah. I'm not gonna do that. yeah we're
1: no. just going
3: to we're going to find We're going to skip English over that.
2: Yeah. We should ask, yeah. you should ask uh, my grandmother if Man. she yeah. remembers, yeah i was
3: thinking that remembers when, I was, any of this. when i was researching yeah. this cuz mem would? would yeah oh she's she's 96 that's yep. what... It... <laughs>
2: 96 remember that kids too
3: she would like she would be of the generation that
1: would if, rem- remember rem- it if they yeah. did it yeah <clears throat> unlike his european counterparts the belshniko would arrive alone combining aspects of the saint and demon into one person So in early Pennsylvania settlements, it was the clandestine visit of, oh goodness.
3: Grisht Kindai.
1: There we go. The little Christ child who brought gifts in the night on Christmas unseen by the children. So Belphnagall, on the other hand, would arrive in person anytime between the first week of December and Christmas Eve to prepare the children for the upcoming Christmas with suggestions for behavioral modification. So if he, well, if you were last on his trip, And he arrived on Christmas Eve. You had a really short amount of time to turn your behavior around. (laughs) Yeah. You'd get spanked, you'd get yelled at, and then you'd be told to straighten up and fly
3: right or you're not getting any Christmas. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that just... Hey, those poor children.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So to the children, Belschnickel was how our current kids see Santa Claus, how he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows what you're doing he sees what you're doing and he's gonna judge you for it
2: except for coal or whip well because
1: coal faced
2: or whip i think i'll take the lump of coal.
1: (laughs) legend has it that he used to drag naughty children into the forest and make them pay for their mischievous behavior throughout the year yeah these are the terrifying parts So, so what 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 was
3: celebrated in pennsylvania for the most part, is a lot tamer it's than, mild. <laughs> than
1: what was in the old right. country. This is old country, Belschnickle.
2: Yeah, I would say so. So
1: other stories, again, along the terrifying side, suggest that he used to kidnap naughty children from their beds and never return them to their parents. Yikes. Mm-hmm. We might be traumatizing yeah. children at this point. However, Belchnickel would often give them a chance to redeem themselves first if they deserved it. So they were made to either dance, do tricks, sing, or recite poems, depending on Belschnickel wanted to hear. If you were able to do that, you may not be fully kidnapped. Just You could go back to your parents essentially. Started to be kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> you might not actually be put in the sack. Yet. Right. <laughs> you're you're halfway there. <laughs> when did when did people stop using Eight
2: visit from Belschnickel was just as common as a visit from St. Nick about 125 years ago in central Pennsylvania.
1: Which, that wasn't that long ago. No. Like, <laughs> so I I like 1900. For, for like, this type of behavior.
2: Yeah. The tradition of Belschnickel began to fade in the 1920s and eventually died out in part because of the popular, as everybody probably our age and younger nose, Coca-Cola Santa.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In the years after World War II, the tradition all but died out. In a climate where Germany was the enemy, many Pennsylvania Germans wanted to distance themselves from the old country. Despite this, Belchnickel never truly vanished from the region.
1: Right. I'm, still, I'm sure that there are still people in the area that, maybe not to the extreme of Belch, or maybe they do, I don't know, but still have it in place as...
2: Maybe honor the tradition. I of... seriously think <clears>
3: that whoever developed Elf on the Shelf knows who pulled it from on this. And pulled it from this. It yeah. just made it like fun, fun, and less. But scary. like honestly, someone who really does not like—I mean, I'm not as not a fan of dolls as you are. But mm-hmm. I really do not like dolls, no. and I will never have an Elf on a Shelf because the idea that a creepy little elf doll is, is moving a- around, moving around in my house yeah. and spying on my kids. No, that thing gets shot. No, I don't. I'm not Get a shot. It goes in the fireplace. It burns. Not only that, but we I don't have, have
1: I don't have the time or the memory to come up with these creative. Some people do these, and it's awesome. Like I've I, everybody's all about social media and posting on on what they're doing, you know, with it. And they do do it at Riley's daycare. Like yeah. every morning, she comes yeah. in and she asks where the elf is. So I mean, they're kind of taking care of it for us.
2: We have the less uh, creepy version. Sigh on the shelf.
1: Yeah, that's creepy, and it's it it stays in its box.
2: Yep, we don't use them anymore, but
1: that was a gag gift I bought you for for a couple years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Uncle Sai. Yep, it's a good gift. It's hilarious.
1: It is, and it looks like him too.
2: It does. So let's let's dive into uh, how Belshnickel holds up today, and if he's still talked about. So Santa Claus has dominated the american christmas for well over a century prompting many americans to seek holiday thrills outside of the american culture norm but santa claus is still the good old usa's champ of christmas. fun fact
1: he still
3: reigns mm-hmm. supreme Yep. fun fact santa claus started here and and went out mm-hmm. nice that might be another podcast Mm. Something to look forward Prior to. Prior to the invention of Santa Claus in America, the rest of the world had no idea who
1: Santa Claus was. Nice. See? We come up with some good stuff over here. That's
2: right. It's the greatest <laughs> country in the world.
1: <laughs> so many have looked to Europe to find uh, the dark celebrations of the Christmas season featuring old world terrors in horned devilish costumes. Um, and in the wake of popular American interest in European Krampus traditions, Few Pennsylvanians are aware that the Commonwealth is the new world point of the origin for the equally legendary and fearsome figure of the Belschnickel. So in fact, the Belschnickel is currently better known in Pennsylvania than in its native home. And some Pennsylvania microbreweries have adopted the Belschnickel as the name for a Christmas beer. Um, Stout's Brewing Company in Adamstown has its brewers reserve, Belschnickel Lager, while Otto's Pub and Brewery in State College brews a Belschnickel Ale. And we already talked about The Office. Yep.
2: So, so yeah, he was, Belschnickel was widely popularized in The Office. And if you wanna know the episode, it is episode nine of season nine, where Dwight becomes Belchnickel mm-hmm. and comes in and celebrates. But um, nobody believes him at first. He comes
1: in dressed in his his attire. Yep. But then when Oscar looks it up on his phone, he's like, oh, yep, it's it's legit.
2: Yep, and I honestly wonder if that's where, I mean, I didn't know about Belschnickle prior to watching The Office, and I mean, a lot of people think that...
1: It, it may have, like, revamped its popularity. Yes, its I feel like that popularity.
2: for our age of people and younger generation of people, I think that's probably where they're finding out.
1: That's the only reason that they and, know
2: about it. I mean, let's face it, everybody watches The Office at some point, or has watched The Office <laughs> at some point, and I have. Okay. Okay. <laughs> get out
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's on the list it's just nobody has time anymore it's good
2: yeah it honestly we watched it once and then for us it just became we found it funny and we always when we would rewatch it there'd be something we didn't see the first time and now i think it's just a comfort show where when we have things to do and we want something on in the background we'll put that on
1: (laughs) fun fact though this is a totally side note and not related but totally office And our weird obsession. So we used to watch it so much that when I was pregnant with our firstborn, Riley, that when she was a little Mm -hmm. bit older, every time the theme song would play, she would stop what she was doing, stare at the TV, and she'd like do a little jig and dance Mm -hmm. to the office theme song. And then as soon as it was over, she'd go back to whatever she was doing. Yep. So we had a little bit of a slight obsession.
3: Yeah, it
2: was just good. It was just a good... It's good. Good TV show.
1: (laughs) Anyway... Back to it. Sorry. That was just a little fun tidbit.
2: (laughs) Maybe the office will soon start paying us because we keep putting plugs in for (laughs) you. I doubt it. Really should have reached out and see if uh, Rainn Wilson wanted to join us on our...
1: That would be cool, but I
2: doubt it. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) So the appearance of Belschnickel is a cultural icon, and you can find him in numerous community celebrations, some festivals, Christmas markets throughout uh, central Pennsylvania, where he continues to delight and terrify the children each year. So some families have found a way to keep the tradition alive without terrifying their children by placing the gifts in their children's shoes in the name of Belchnickel. So there's another way for them to keep it alive without you know, having their children taken away from them. So today's Belschnickel is also not as serious of a disciplinarian. He's a more kinder, gentler Belchnickel. So he's a little, he's approaching Santa Claus a little bit more, but he's, he's still- He's Nixie. He still can terrify you.
2: He's a a little more of a troublemaker, not a...
3: He's not going to whip you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because people don't want to go
1: to
3: prison.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Most people in central Pennsylvania probably have heard of the legend of Belschnickel. Some still keep it around. Some don't.
2: I would change most people have probably at least heard the heard term it, right, or the name, but maybe don't know exactly what all
1: the background is, yep. where it came from, how it used to be versus yep. how people, you know, use it nowadays. But it is, it is, puts a new meaning to the song. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. So I'll tell you why.
2: Yeah. Apparently Belschnicker will tell you why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if anybody hears a, Rap-tap-tapping on their, their door or window this holiday season, you better...
2: Send a warning shot before you send the actual <laughs> one. Because, let's face it, you live in America.
1: <laughs> well, and it could just be Belschnickel coming, at, coming out for you.
2: Yeah, so if anybody is attempting to be Belschnickel coming to my house, please just, don't. Just don't. <laughs> or any other... House in that's, central Pennsylvania. That's right,
3: though, because with all of the hunters and like, a, I'm surprised that more people didn't end up getting shot right. playing belsh Right,
1: you'd like have, like have to give like family fair well warning, aware. fair
3: warning. Yeah, I'm like, hey, this is the day we're gonna do this. I'm showing up at your house, right? Dirty, right? Covered <laughs> in, covered in charcoal dust, rags, fur, animal furs, and horns on my head, right? And I'm going to scare your kids right? and you probably <laughs> knocking it on your sounds windows. sounds like such a, great,
1: such a great holiday, holiday tradition.
2: It's probably why it got phased out. Maybe, maybe that's why. People people were getting injured or shot.
1: I didn't read yeah, any that. Or it may be like just causes trauma to children. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> seriously. Right?
2: Like, 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 it just took a couple years for those children to become adults to realize that they were really messed up.
3: Yeah. Trump, we're gonna give Trump. our young kids post traumatic stress disorder. Right. But you know, we're gonna take Stranger Danger kids. to a whole new <laughs> level for these four kids. <laughs> oh, leave it to German traditions. Right. It's like super like it's so interesting, but it's also kinda of like how dark some of those right. German traditions right. are.
1: And all in a in a means to just make kids behave. Like mm-hmm. but it's but so let, very really rooted in what they deeply
3: believed as a culture right, right um they really very deeply believed in like the dark stuff like the mm-hmm. demons the right werewolves vampires all that like you think about all that what germanic region was it wasn't just germany it mm-hmm. was like all the slavic countries all right. of that so like all of that that they all had very very dark things and mm-hmm. so to them, it was better to scare yeah. their kids yeah. straight right. than have them end up lost to this
1: world. Mm-hmm. Yikes. We have a new outlook on the holiday cheer <laughs> that we all experience this time of year.
2: <laughs> That's funny. I,
1: mean. I know. You going to dress up as Bell Shickle this year?
2: Nope. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Still seems like a poor idea in Pennsylvania.
1: You can dress up as Belschnickle and go to Josh and Meg's house. And then Josh can go, Dot. That would be so bad considering our child's fear of people anyway.
2: And her uncle. As yeah, it is for Josh, no, for no reason. So, Josh yeah. would <laughs> never
1: come back from that.
3: She's she won't even hug him as it is. Do <laughs> like, you he, imagine if the terror? He, and Josh is this like he's already got the beard. Right. And he's like a bigger guy. A big guy. Yeah. Like he's yep. tall, he's burly, and yep. like to have him wrapped in rags and furs with antlers on his head. That would be so
1: bad. Oh Riley would probably be your pants. She would, for sure. Yeah. It's not we would bad. traumatize her it for would her not life. Be good. No. There would be no relationship between Josh and Riley. (laughs) That would be it forever. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. And again, sorry this one took so long to get out. Um, But hopefully we are past all the illness in our families and we'll get back on track with getting these posted every month. So we look forward to whatever Meg has coming next for us because we still don't know.
2: Yep, we never know. We never know until a little bit before. It's a surprise to us. Yep, (laughs) always exciting.
1: Thanks for listening, and as always, if you guys have ideas for different things that you want to hear, definitely reach out to us, but if not, I hope everyone has a great holiday season and New Year. Yeah,
2: Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: All
0: right, take care. Bye. If you liked what you heard in this episode, be sure to follow Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore on your preferred podcast platform. To stay up to date on new content, Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore is produced by Harv Productions, LLC.